following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey guys, Dick here from Podcastrophy Podcast, and you are listening to the best of the Journey into Comics Network, where we take the best of each episode from the week, and we highlight it for you and bring it to you in the form of this podcast today. So, uh, if you want, you know, you know, just uh, take a breather, relax, listen to the best of the Journey into Comics Network. And, you know, just do me a favor. Just do me one solid favor. Try to make every day a big dick day. Thanks, guys. Piss off, ghost! Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics! There are these people that put together this campaign, Indiegogo or something. I'm not going to give them credit. Sorry. You can search it down if you really want to give to their stupid fucking cause. Because it is stupid, and that's my opinion, and that's why you're here. So, what is this opinion? Why is it stupid? What's going on? Let's fast track it back to where we started here. These fans are trying to raise money. They've raised several millions of dollars, I think, towards their ultimate goal. I think there's... I don't see where it is that they have the actual number... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Here in the original, original article... Um, oh, $7 million. Wow, they've raised $7 million. So there is a website called RemakeTheLastJedi.com. I accidentally plugged them. I didn't mean to. But they are trying to essentially... Uh, what the fuck? That's crazy, you guys. Okay, so check this shit out. They decided... I just did some, like, last-minute research on the show while you guys were here listening, and you're like, he's... He's reading that shit and not saying anything. This is a terrible podcast episode. I'm not really a fan. Anyway, so here's what's going on, you guys. There's this website that's trying to tell people to donate to it. They're planning on giving $200 million to Disney so they'll remake The Last Jedi. Because they feel that Disney fucked up and that there's too much of this like divisiveness. The thing that they're not realizing is the best part about The Last Jedi, love it or hate it, it's got everybody talking about Star Wars, and that's all that matters. We're all fucking nerds. There was shit we didn't like about the old school movies. There was shit we didn't like about the prequels. Guess what? We bitched about the prequels, and they were fucking terrible. People still love them. So what? There are parts of those movies that aren't that bad. There are parts of those movies that are fucking awful, you know? So, what do I think of this? I think this is a very poor thing. Okay, listen. The movie's already out. It would be an utter, utter disaster, an utter disgrace, and a slap in the face of the names of the original director of the movie, Ryan Johnson, and the people that worked on that movie, which I thought was brilliant. They did a great, fantastic, fucking fantastic job. The Last Jedi was so good. Uh, but it would just be a slap in their face, and it's like, so wait, now you're going to have episode eight again and then try to say the other one never came out like it already happened bro everyone's already seen it it made a lot of money uh and a lot of people liked it so fucking get over it man like why 
the crazy thing I think is they've raised $155 million of their $200 million goal to give to Disney. They are very close to this and nearing the end, unless they're lying and just like faking the counter going up. I don't know how that shit works. They couldn't do that on Breaking Bad, though, I guess, so they probably didn't do it here. Let's go to uh, my favorite source, comicbook.com, to get some actual fan thoughts from Twitter, what people think about this this, uh, possible remake of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I don't think so, Jack, but let's see what it says. Oh, also, I wanted to mention, these directors are confident that they could use the footage that was shot for Carrie Fisher in the movie and keep it. They want to keep parts of the movie, I guess, because it wasn't that bad. Fucking assholes. Uh, Okay, so back to it. Let's go to the Twitter machines. A remake of The Last Jedi is just going to be a bunch of straight white dudes measuring their lightsabers and saying actually for two hours. Another person says, in order to save Star Wars, we are going to remake The Last Jedi with a box of puppets, a package of goggly eyes, and my dad's camcorder. Please give me 300 million pounds. I'm going to remake The Last Jedi and make every character a lady and have Luke Skywalker marry six porgs in a trench coat. Someone put a picture of Peter Griffin in his fort that has a sign that says, No Girls Allowed, and it says, Proposed The Last Jedi Fan Remake. Oh my god, there's leaked script for this already? They've already leaked some script for this shit. Let's read what it says. I'm being totally sarcastic. This isn't actually the script, by the way. If you fucking believe that, you're crazy. The Last Jedi Remake script, page one. Exterior space or something. We see Luke Skywalker being cool because he's like our dad, except he actually loves us and is proud of us and would never tell us to get a job even though we don't want to. Luke. Girls are smelly and bad. That's the leak. That's the first page. Shit. Remake The Last Jedi, except this version is just Luke milking every single Thalas... Thalas Siren on the island. That's actually... Thala Siren on the Island. Okay, that was a little tone twistering. I'd like to formally submit my pitch for The Last Jedi Remake to anyone that's listening. It's exactly the same as The Last Jedi, except the scene with shirtless Kylo Ren now has a waistline on his pants six inches higher. So, pants even higher. Closer, probably over his nipples at that point. I, for one, think that The Last Jedi Remake looks fantastic. Wait, that's fairly odd parents, bro. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, though my last Jedi remake is the same movie, except everyone is a porg and only speaking porg noises, and the porgs are replaced with actual actors making porg noises and super small and can fly. After seeing all the remake, the last Jedi nonsense, I have one question: Do you uh, do you guys not know about fan fiction? Yeah, no, I didn't think so. Uh, yeah, this is bullshit, guys. Don't buy into this. Don't give them money. They don't need to do that. Uh, it's actually really weird, though, because I just pulled up an article, as I do. Ryan Johnson, uh, responded to this. And, uh, Remake the Last Jedi tweeted, Our team of producers is offering to cover the budget for a remake of The Last Jedi in order to save Star Wars. Share this and spread the word to let Robert Iger and Disney know you want this. This isn't a joke. We're ready to have the convo now. Hashtag remake The Last Jedi. Hashtag Star Wars. Ryan Johnson responded with, Please, 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 please actually happen. 
please, 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 prayer hands for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 times. What does that mean? I don't, I think that it's just him more being, maybe he's being a little sarcastic because he knows that'll never happen, right? Like, oh yeah, please, please take away my work of, of art by, uh, yeah, please do that, guys. You know, like, I, it's crazy. Why would they do that? I don't understand. It's just bogus, you guys. I'm not a fan of it at all. Okay, so where do we even go from here? I'm trying to figure out if I have any more Star Wars news to talk about. I don't think I do. I feel like I've got a fuck ton of Star Wars news that I've been not covering yet. Uh, there's a little bit of comic book news, I guess, I need to talk about. Uh, so, oh man, comic book news. Do I, how, how do I want to even start this? We're just going to run late, you guys. Um, but I, I, it is what it is. Anyways. So, comic book news. We'll start here. Uh, and this is going to be difficult back to what we were talking about earlier. So, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 801 came out. And that's Dan Slott's final book. Interesting because without meaning to today, uh, I read two Dan Slott books to talk about on today's show. And, well, it's just interesting, right? So Amazing Spider-Man 801 is a story that takes place just after, obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 800. That storyline concluded with lots of different things happening. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't read it yet and you haven't heard my talk, me talking about it. Well, then it sucks to suck. Uh, but anyways, 801 is interesting because it's in its own pocket. Uh, the story is told literally the day that Ben Parker is killed, right? So it's actually got art that looks like it's from the 60s OG Spider-Man. Like that's how much care they put into this story, right? And uh, so I'll break down the story really quickly and then I'll kind of give my perspective. Essentially the story it's it doesn't serve as like a launching off point really or anything. It's really Dan Slott saying goodbye to the character in a clever and really emotionally driven way. Uh, it will pull at your heartstrings, especially it was this was an especially hard read for me, and you guys will again know why here in a short second. So you read the book and it's about this guy who goes to this supermarket or to this uh, like corner market. And it gets robbed by this thug, but Spidey saves the day. And this guy was freaking out that he wasn't going to have time uh, to say goodbye to his father, who was sick and dying in the hospital. And he only had so much time to see him. He knew that his dad was on, like, the clock was ticking. And he was worried he was going to miss him. But Spider-Man intervened, saved the day, and this dude didn't end up late. And he was always like, oh, man, I appreciate Spider-Man for that. And then it kind of fast tracks into the future and it's Spidey and he's fighting a bunch of baddies and uh, this dude gets, uh, you know, he gets to, to help Spidey a little bit. 
and he introduces himself. Hey, I'm Kenneth. You know, like you don't, you don't, you definitely don't remember me, but like I've interacted with you once before, Spidey, and it was like you, you don't know what you did for me. Like it was a really special thing. Thank you because you gave me the time that I didn't have. You get you gave you saved my life and gave me additional time that I didn't think I was gonna get. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Spidey's like, oh, well, that's cool. It's pretty cool because the story also shows in the in the back when uh, Parker saves this dude, the origin of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and where that comes from. Like, why did he start saying that and whatnot? Essentially, the guy at the corner market, the dude who was getting robbed, uh, says, what are you going to do? Uh, oh, oh uh, yeah, he uh, he asks if he's going to eat the, the burglar. Spider-Man's like, no, I'm not going to eat him. I'm going to leave a note that says, well, I mean, I'm, like, not a bad dude. I'm friendly and, like, a neighborhoody dude, like... I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He writes it on the thing. It's like, okay, well, that's officially in canon. That's awesome. Uh, so then, you know, fast forward, and it's this uncle, this Ken guy, uh, talking to his niece, and she's like, oh, of all the superheroes we get to meet, why did it have to be Spider-Man? lame like nobody wants that and he's like hey whoa spider-man's a badass and there's a really cool picture because it's a different art now it's not 60 style this they they up kind of give you a little update at, at during the book there's this awesome scene that's like all these different villain fights he's had in this big ass awesome homage and the the dude Ken says he's like Spider-Man risks his life every day to save moms and dads and you know doctors and preachers and whatever and and uncles and uh he's he just he says that like yeah Spidey especially is out there saving other people's uncles you know and it's very poignant because, like, Uncle Ben gets killed in the book and whatnot. Like, in, in the OG Spider-Man and whatnot. And uh, here, it's a, it's, a, it's a hearkening back to that in a way that is so cleverly done. It's just like, here's this beautiful little send-off story. It doesn't affect the future. It doesn't affect what's coming. Ryan Otley and crew are going to, like, tear up this new Spider-Man book. I'm so pumped to get in on that as soon as it drops. Uh, probably here in the next couple weeks, actually. But, uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 801, heartbreaking. There's some dialogue. I would pull it up, but I will weep, and I, you guys don't want that. It'll be very sad. I'm just kind of going off of what I remember. And, you know, it was, a, it was a really great book. It was a really good farewell for Dan Slott. He's a, uh, he's a brilliant writer. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is... The Paul Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Let's talk about this shit that's been going on with our president. Uh, first of all, let's talk about how he signed an executive order, I believe, back in April. That was the uh, official declar declaration of separating families who are illegal. 
and that was in April. Okay, so from April to now, we've went from that being signed and you thinking not much is getting done to children in cages. That's fucking really happening. Children in cages. Actual children are inside of cages sleeping with little fucking space blankets that are made out of fucking aluminum foil and shit. And they're barely scraping by, and there's little tiny kids that are like two and three years old, still wearing diapers, having seven-year-olds change them in cages. All right? So, great backlash from this. Uh, there were some reporters that finally got in and actually, like, looked at one of the places, and it looks like a fucking, it's like a, just a old Walmart that they turned into a fucking place for people who are, uh, quote-unquote, illegal, right? And I have some things to say about that. So... Just a couple days ago, Trump is like, okay, enough is enough. Well, first of all, he said like about a week ago, he's like, it's the Democrats' fault. It was their law. It's their bill. They're the ones that we can't stop. Like, we can't control them. We can't deal with it. Democrats, 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 it's all their fault. Blame, 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 blame. He signed the fucking bill. He's the guy that signed the bill for separation with the families with this immigration stuff, Okay. Yes, some of the laws that are in place now were in place under the Bush, Clinton, and Obama administrations. However, none of them separated families and, uh, and, and, and during deportation and stuff like that. That's crazy. That's like inhumane. You're permanently scarring these children in PTSD. You want to know how to make enemies of the United States? What you're doing. You're creating enemies right now because our country is being shitty to people for no fucking reason. They're trying to seek asylum to get away from the shit that they're dealing with. You know where the world, the worst cartel in the world is? Motherfucking Mexico. Of course they want to get the fuck out of there. Use your fucking brains, man. So Trump's... Mm, okay, I'm going to try I'm gonna try to maintain professionalism here. Reeling it back in, right? So Trump finally goes, okay, well, I'm going to sign this executive order that's going to stop splitting families up. Okay. So he signs it, and then all the people that are pro-Trump are like, oh my God, he's the greatest. He saved these children from cages. He literally created a bill, blamed it on someone else, and then undid the bill, and then said, yay, praise me. Eh? That's like someone who fucking hurts someone, says that that person hurt them, and then turns it all around and makes it all willy-nilly. That's crazy talk. Trump is crazy-making. He's literally playing a giant game with our entire country because he's keeping everybody confused and other things are going on. Much darker things are going on. How is it not a surprise to anyone that he's all of a sudden starting to befriend another dictator in Kim Jong-un and another dictator in uh, Mr. Uh, Vladimir Putin? It's not a surprise to me, man. Like, what is obviously happening? It's, it's very obvious. It's dangerous, too. And it's just like, man, I hope there are people that are in other countries right now that are listening to the network going... Well, at least those guys don't want to fucking buy into this Trump bullshit. There's a lot of us that don't want to buy into it. Make sure you all know that across the globe is that I'm spreading this message for the network. We don't want to deal with stuff like that, all right? More Trump news. This is what it is. Trump is calling for depriving immigrants who illegally cross the border the um, due process rights. Essentially, he's saying that if they come over and invade our country that they must immediately, with no judges or courts, get brought back to where they came from. So let me just get the, make the... Hold on, wait a minute. So what you're saying is, right now I'm sitting here just chilling, living my life. I've been a United States citizen literally my entire existence. I was born on this planet, on this country, 
in a town called Danville in a hospital. Okay? An ICE agent could come up to me and go, you're an illegal immigrant and fucking deport me. I don't know where the fuck you'd deport me to. But he could. I don't really have to worry about that per se. I have the unfortunate and fortunate luck of being a white man. So they're not going to look at me like they look at some other people. And that's the bullshit I'm sick of. Right? Like, that's fucked up. Okay, listen. People who are quote-unquote immigrating to this country illegally are seeking asylum because they're in a fucking crazy country. They're trying to have an opportunity at a new life. That is the thing that I'm being so upset by. Yeah, there are some gangbangers that have come in. But it's not it's not families. It's not these children that are getting separated by the... Like, why is ICE not cracking down on gangs? Why aren't they going in the fucking violent gangbanging-ass parts of the state of these states and taking people out? Just curious. If you can do it with families, why can't you do it with guys with guns? Oh, wait, because they have the guns. Oh, but they got the guns from you guys because that's just how it all works. Oh, well, fuck me then for having an opinion like that, right? Anyways, back to my fuck Trump tirade right now because I think it's about to start. So he's essentially saying there's a zero tolerance policy on immigration. He's saying that he's still going to deport people. He's just going to deport people with their families. So he's going to, okay, you guys are all going at once. Fuck it. So now there are, you know, 2,300 children still separated from their families. I think like four or 500 got reunited, but that's, come on, that's a small ass amount. Trump saying that there's uh, that our system is a mockery of good immigration policy and law and order. You dumb son of a bitch. We are all immigrants. Here's a fact. Part of my family and part of other people's families are Native Americans. They were here first, okay? Lived here a long time with lots of great shit, just breezing out, having a good time. All right? Then some colonizers show up and fuck everything up. We are immigrants, you are immigrants. If you think you're not an immigrant, look at yourself. You're a fucking immigrant. Everyone is an immigrant if you're on this fucking country. If you're on this part of the country. In our country. If you're in America, you're an immigrant. If you're in Canada, you might be an immigrant. Everywhere you go is immigrants because we're all just fucking people, man. Like, how do you not understand that? People are too fucking blind to the reality of what is going on. They're essentially saying, you're different, 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 and now we all need to be apart from each other because of those differences. We've lived in harmony for a long fucking time without that. Things aren't perfect, but that's because stupid shit keeps happening, like presidents named fucking Trump. Immigration policies laughed at all over the world is very unfair to all the people who have gone through the system legally and are waiting online for years. Immigration must be based on merit. He's just talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's saying two different things. I want you guys to know that. And um, this is all coming down hard. Like this with the Mueller investigation that we haven't touched on in several weeks here at the Poor Rapport. Like there's other shit going on. Let's get back to some more Trump camp news. As Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked to leave a restaurant over the fact that she is the press secretary. According to the New York Times... Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House press secretary, said she was asked to leave a Virginia restaurant Friday night because of her work in the Trump administration, becoming the latest official to be singled out for her support of the president's policies. In a tweet Sunday, Ms. Sanders said that the owner of the restaurant, the Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia, suggested she leave and she complied. The woman's actions say far more about her than me, said Sanders. 
I always do my best to treat people, including those I disagree with, respectfully, and I will continue to do so. A person who identified himself as a waiter at the restaurant in a Facebook post said that Miss Sanders had been accompanied by seven other guests. So the restaurant did not respond to phone calls, and its website appeared to have crashed Sunday morning as reports of the episode began circulating. The encounter is the third time this past week in which Trump's administration officials were confronted over his or her political stance. As, as the tensions continue to escalate over the White House's child separation policy, Christian Nelson, the Secretary of Homeland Security, was heckled on Tuesday night when she was dining at a Mexican restaurant. If kids don't eat in peace, you don't eat in peace, demonstrators shouted according to a video of the confrontation shared on social media. And Stephen Miller, a senior advisor to the president known for his hardline stance on immigration, was described as a fascist by protesters on Sunday while also at a Mexican restaurant, the New York Post reported. While the administration struggles to reunite the families amid outrage over the images and audio recordings of sobbing children taken away from their parents, the divisive messaging on both sides of the debate has intensified. Within hours, the Red Hens review page online painted a stark picture of the divide. Some people left glowing reviews for the farm-to-table restaurant from halfway across the country. Others denounced the political choices of the owner. The best one reviewer on Yelp wrote, leaving five stars, I've heard they serve crow to those deserving of it. Oh, that's golden. Pathetic, the next review read. How dare you use politics to discriminate? That's what the Republicans are doing. Seems like you would be an actual loser in this case once the review really sinks in. Good luck, pal. On Facebook, the, establish the establishment has accumulated more than 10,000 five-star reviews, more than 18,000 one-star reviews, prompting some criticism over Miss Sanders' decision to use her White House social media account instead of her personal one to identify the restaurant. Another area restaurant with the same name, an unaffiliated Ren Hin, in the neighborhood of Washington, found itself in the crossfires, receiving some of the vitriol intended for the Lexington establishment. At PressSec went to the unaffiliated Red Hen Lex last night. Not our D.C.-based restaurant, it said on Twitter. Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. But look, we're going to do this now. This is the end of our show. We are going to have seat. Okay, so this is a Disney versus Pixar. I can already tell you that Disney is way better than Pixar. Okay. You don't even need to do this fucking bracket. But we need to determine who's the overall winner. So let's go down the line and determine who wins in each battle. Lion King versus Lilo and Stitch. Okay, so let's see. It says seats determined by IMB or DB rankings divided by era. Disney 1989 through 99. The best years, by the way. Yes. Uh, Disney 2000 to present. Pixar, 95 to 2000, Pixar, 2008 to present. So this is excluding anything pre-1989 because clearly they would be the best movies anyway. Okay, so let's do it. Sure. What do we do? So we're going to start here. Okay. Lion King versus Lilo and Stitch. Lion King. Easy. Hands My down. vote's Lion King. Move on. Uh, up next, Wreck-It Ralph versus Mulan. You know, as much as I love Mulan, I'm going to go with Wreck-It Ralph. It's a much better movie. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. It's a way better movie. Easy for Mulan this one, was too. Mulan really kind of fucked up. Yeah, Aladdin versus Frozen. Definitely Aladdin. Aladdin wins, hands down. Uh, Tarzan versus Big Hero 6. Big, Big Hero, Hero 6. 6 for the win. I mm -hmm. fucking hate <clears throat> Phil Collins. And he did the soundtrack for that. Oh, for Tarzan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Zootopia so versus the hunch, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. We're well, going to disagree on this because my vote's Zootopia. 
Yeah, I like The Hunchback of Notre Dame better. Um, that was a sad movie, though. But I like that one better than Zootopia. I didn't really like Zootopia that much. I thought it was fun. But we'll go with Hunchback. Right. That's fine. I right. didn't hate Hunchback of Notre Dame. Little Mermaid versus Moana. Now, that's interesting that they would put those two together. Um, I'm going to go with The Little Mermaid, clearly, because I, I love your jam. that movie. But Moana was really good. I liked it. Yeah. Okay, up next, Tangled versus Hercules. I, I like Tangled better. Tangled, yep. Beauty and the Beast versus the Can Emperor. I just kind of say Hercules kind of blue. It was awful. Do you know the, that was the only movie I've ever, well, okay, in my youth, because mm-hmm. it's changed now. We actually experienced this on a foodies episode where we went to a movie and we were the only people in the theater. Mm-hmm. The first time that happened to me in my life Hercules? was at Hercules. We were the only people in the Hubson Theater. I literally oh. did cartwheels up and down the aisle the whole movie and just Very ran good. around because yeah, I didn't really care. that movie wasn't that great. It wasn't that great, but I have those awesome plates from McDonald's. You do. <laughs> We have the Hercules McDonald's place. And the Megara. Megara. Megara, Megara, whatever. I only saw it once. Fuck her. I don't know her name. I'm awful. Uh, I was a history major in college, so you would think that I would really enjoy that movie. However. However, it sucked. (laughs) It was bad. Beauty and the Beast versus the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. But fair. Emperor's New Groove was really great. Okay, so now we're going to... We'll These be are done. not fair. We'll be done with this for a second. Now we're going to move over. Toy Story versus Brave. Toy, Toy Story. Story. Toy Story 3 versus Ratatouille. Toy Story 3. That was super sad. Bummer. Yeah. Hate yep. it, but still way better. Monsters, Inc. Ratatouille was good, too, though. Yeah. Monsters, Inc. versus Monsters, U. Oh, Monsters, Inc. Okay. Oliver's obsessed with Monsters University and he burnt me out on it. I like Monsters, Inc. better. I do, too. I think it's a much funnier movie. It Monsters is. University was just kind of a cheap... A they could have done a sequel and made the movie better. It should have been mm-hmm. Boo's movie anyways. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, Wally versus A Bug's Life. Wally. A Bug's Life. Wally. I didn't like Wally. It was really sad for me. That movie's brilliant. I love Wally. It was a great Wally. movie, but I liked A Bug's Life I better. I didn't. What are we going to do here? I didn't even really like A Bug's Life that much, so I'll go with Wally. Is that budging because I, I gave you Hunchback? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Coco versus Cars. I've never seen Coco. I would vote for Cars anyways because Coco is a movie that's a lot about death. Oh. So I'm okay. not, it's not really my well, jam. Well, you can go with Cars. I haven't seen Coco. Sure. Uh, Incredibles versus Inside Out. Incredibles. I didn't see Inside Out. I thought Inside Out was, that was kind of... What is it with fucking Pixar making that movie you cry? Was like the... emotionally um, manipulative, right? Because yeah. they like played with the inside. What's the emotions like inside a person's brain, and what's actually going on and stuff? And then they. I'm gonna go with Incredibles for the win. Sure, uh, Up versus Toy Story Two. I loved Toy... Up. Oh, Toy Story Two though. Toy Story Two was good, but I yeah. loved Up so much. Okay, well we'll give it, was it so up. So sweet and sad. Ooh, this is a hardcore battle. Finding Nemo. Finding Dory. I haven't seen Finding Dory. Same. Got to go with Finding Nemo by default. It's a good one. Back over here. Okay, we're back to our bracket. In a battle of the Lion King versus Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going with Lion King. Same. Lion King moves on. Nostalgia, classic. Fro- or Aladdin versus Big Hero 6. Aladdin. Aladdin. Hunchback versus Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Uh, Tangled versus Beauty and the Beast. Beauty, Beauty the Beast. and the Beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously. Our final four on this side would be Lion King, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Toy Story versus Toy Story 3. Toy, Toy Story. Story. Monsters, Inc. versus Wally. Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. Uh, Cars versus Incredibles. 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 
that was Up versus Finding Nemo. I'm going to go with Finding, Finding Nemo. Nemo. Okay. Only because Up was so freaking sad at the beginning. Like this face that the bracket made? Yeah. <laughs> Do you see the sad face it's making? Yeah, I'm going to take a picture of it and post it on Instagram. That's great. Um, for actually, our view, for our listeners and viewers. I'm going to save this and we're going to fill it out with our answers too. Oh, okay. Well, then um, I won't even bother taking a picture. No, 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 no worries. No worries. You're doing the right thing. You're That's being fine. a pro about it. So, so okay. what's next? So we got to go back to our final fours here and get and break it down. We're the getting close four. to the end here. Can't the Lion King. Razzle dazzle. Versus Aladdin. <sighs> going with Lion King. I'm going with Aladdin. Really? Oh, hands okay. down. Make your make your uh, make my argument. Make your argument. Convince me. One name. Robin Williams. Hands down. Genie. It's the it's the okay. one of the greatest roles in Disney history. Okay. I guess you can't place JTT next to Robin Williams. No. Okay. No offense. Aladdin for the win. I agree. Okay. I concur. Ooh, Little Mermaid versus Beauty and the Beast. That's hardcore as fuck. Little Mermaid. But Little Mermaid definitely wins out. I think I it's a better story. I loved Beauty and the Beast and I loved the music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I own the soundtrack to The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know that movie's going to win all these, right? Uh, maybe. We'll see. Toy Story versus Monsters, Inc. Toy Story. It's the og I mean, that movie is... I'm going to say if I had the choice to watch either Toy Story or Monsters, Inc., I'm going to go with Monsters, Inc. Man, Monsters, Inc.'s a little... Uh, okay, okay, okay. Ooh. Hmm. I like it because Toy Story, yet it was a great movie. It was it was an emotional movie. And Monsters, Inc. was also slightly emotional. But it ended so sweet. And I love Billy Crystal so much. And I love John Goodman so much. As Mike Wazowski and Sully. Yeah, and it was such an original Steve Buscemi idea. is the villain. Yeah, and it, Randall. Randall, it yeah. such a great movie. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I agree. Monsters, Inc. wins. It's one of the final two. Now we've got The Incredibles versus Finding Nemo. Incredibles. Incredibles. Okay, so here we go. The final, final, final four. Mm. It's Aladdin. Aladdin. Versus The Little Mermaid. And, ooh, I don't know. I don't I'm know going with Little hard. Mermaid. I'd watch that over Aladdin any day. I would watch Aladdin. That's You know what that is? It's you being a boy oh. and me being a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because we are both Disney kids. I and I watch the boy movie and you are, of course. But uh, I, listen. Okay, but the thing is, it's like. Under the Sea is one of my favorite musical numbers. Let me just break it down. It is one of the best musical numbers. I don't disagree with you. However, such a great movie. Er, Or great song. However, a whole new world. Aladdin. Winner. SNL kind of ruined a whole new world for me. Yeah, with with that that sketch sketch. with uh, Adam Driver and uh, Cecily Strong. Yeah. (laughs) She's getting peed on and stuff. I don't know. Well, Oliver and I recently watched Aladdin like a couple of months ago. And... It didn't hold up for me. What? In regards to Jasmine. Okay. And I I don't know. I think as I'm getting older, I'm start it's the worst thing, but I'm starting to relate more to the adults in the Disney movies. You were saying that than the main characters. You were like, God damn right, Ursula, you know what you're talking about. No, I'm more like God damn right, King Triton, she needs a fucking chaperone because that bitch is all over the place and not listening to you. And she's sixteen. Yeah, she definitely needs a chaperone. And Princess Jasmine running away and being all bitchy. And I I don't know. I think I'm just finally Mm -hmm. 
31. So are <laughs> you are you throwing down the gauntlet? Ooh, man, this is tough. Uh, Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney. Like, in this bracket is my favorite Disney. All right, so Little Mermaid. We've got Incredibles versus Monsters, Inc. Incredibles wins. Easy. It's definitely the better movie. Yeah, Incredibles wins. Okay, so now there's the not Little even Mermaid a question. It's the Little Incredibles. Mermaid. Yeah, it's the Little it's Mermaid. It's the Little Mermaid. Uh-huh. You were like, that motherfucker's winning. I could have told you before we even started that of my favorites on this whole list, the Little Mermaid would be it. <laughs> well, but that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm glad we did that. I'm going to save this image. I like doing brackets. We should do that for something else. We could make we our own. Find, we should do like a... We've been talking about doing this, the season finale of season two of Foodies. It's doing, coming up soon. Yeah, it's coming up soon. And we've been talking about all these ideas we want to do for like an 80s movie podcast. Like all of our favorite 80s movies. And I don't really know how we're going to develop it yet, where we're going to go with it. But I want to do a bracket. That would be cool. What do you think? Oh, he's already looking. I'm going to see. Oh, my God. There are so many brackets. Holy shit. Damn, there are lots of brackets. Oh, that those are for A twenty four movies, you know, like Lady Bird and stuff like that. Um, greatest superhero of all time, <laughs> best eighties. I can't see what that says. Workout songs. <laughs> what? Why would I, it be a bracket for that? I don't know, but people someone's are weird. Up. People are weird. Maybe we'll just make our own. We'll just go through. We'll find the movies we like, and then we'll for our finale do that. That sounds like a very nice rainy day project. Before the finale, yeah, and all, and we'll have some time here to do that. Yeah, I like that idea. Let's do that. Let's make our own. All right. Well, it's uh, pretty much time to get out of here. Before we go, let's go ahead and tell people where they can check us out. Obviously, at journeyintocomics.com, where you can get all of the different shows on our network. Just search Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. We are now on Spotify. And have been for a couple months now. So uh, check us out there. Obviously, you can go to our Patreon. Give us one dollar early access to every episode as soon as we're done recording and editing it it goes to your ears hopefully before launch day usually and for three dollars you get early access and exclusive content and for a hundred dollars you get early access exclusive content and a life-size full-scale replica of dick's dick from podcastrophe with the free <sighs> tyler tickler oh, for zero dollars <laughs> That's real. Jesus they want to do that. They don't know how they're going to do that, but they really want to do that. But anyways. I'm sure Dick knows a guy. V, thank you so much for joining me today. You're it's always a pleasure talking to you. On that note. All right. Well, for season two, episode 22 of Foodies Watching Movies, this has been the Disney Zone. I am Nate. I'm Veronica. And as always, eat fearless. We'll see you guys later. We're going to fuck gonna the sodomites in the... This last Saturday was his last day at Subaru, and you know it was, it was very, uh, it was very sad. It, it bummed me out. I was, I was almost, I was almost uh, completely defeated that day because uh, I was told that I was going to be working on another team. So I'm like, fuck, 
uh, I don't get to work with my best friend on his last day here. So, but about an hour or so into it, uh, whoever I was filling in for actually showed up and came in. So I got to go back to my team and work with Tyler, uh, one last time. And, uh, yeah, it was a good day. It was, it was, a, it was a decent day. We went to good old DT Kirby's a couple people from the team afterwards. And, uh, it was, it was a good time. Uh, Miranda and I came and we brought the kids and yeah. So I don't really have much to sit, talk about today. Uh, we got a lot coming up this weekend with uh LafiCon. So this is really just going to be a brief, like, fill you guys in type episode uh i have a few things i want to talk about but for the most part it's just gonna be yeah telling you guys about LafiCon and what to what to expect what to bring uh yeah LafiCon. it's this saturday june 29th actually no june 29th is friday Let, let me check yeah june 29th is friday it is a saturday june 30th and this sunday july 1st so uh, go down to Carnahan Hall and have a blast at LafiCon. The Journey into Comics crew will be uh, hosting uh, its 200th episode live there, along with uh, several other panels, including uh, – what was his name? I, I can't remember his name, but had Jonathan Tyler – Christopher Tyler? Yeah, I think that's his name. Uh, he was awesome last year. They – they did a panel. They did two panels with him last year, and he was just a blast to listen to. So, please go down, check it out. I can't remember what the pricing is for the for getting in, but you know, come come on down, check out some uh, geeky shit, watch us uh, make asses of ourselves on stage, and you know, come hang out with us. Uh, a lot of the Journey into Comics crew will be there. Um, uh, Nick Maxson, he's going to be uh, working there too uh, from Bruise with Dudes. Um, he, I believe he's also running the game room. There's going to be a smash bros tournament, uh, several other video games and, uh, settlers of Catan, uh, lots of stuff, lots of stuff. Um, yeah. So Saturday, Sunday, June 30th, July 1st, check out LafiCon, uh, down at Carnahan hall. Um, so this weekend I went and saw Incredibles 2 with the girlfriend and her kids. It was an excellent, excellent uh, sequel to the first. I mean, it's been, I think, 15, 16 years since the first Incredibles. Uh, I'm not going to go into spoiler details because, you know, I don't have anybody here to talk about it with. So uh, I'm just going to say, hey, it was an excellent sequel. Uh, I had a blast watching it. It was it was really cool to uh, see those characters again from my childhood. And... Uh, the only thing I noticed that the only thing that was really weird was uh, they they changed the actor, the the child actor for uh, Dash, which I mean makes sense. I mean it's been like 15, 16 years since that. I mean that that kid's obviously grown up and more than likely has a way different voice. So obviously they had to change actors. Um, had to get me a drink from my four fifty North Raspberry Passion Fruit Slurpee. Uh, it's my last one. I don't have any. I had to drink it. It's it's been a while. I've had this one for a while. Figured I'd get it out of the way for tonight. Um, yeah, Incredibles two, excellent movie. We brought the kids, and they were quiet the whole movie. Uh, really, honestly, surprised me because they're they they like to talk and they they like to um, 
they like to talk and ask questions and they they don't sit still for very long so i it really shocked me that they were still and watched the movie the whole time and there were other kids in the theater including and some people even brought their babies which for the love of fuck don't bring your fucking baby to a movie like what is the point what like find a babysitter or don't go to the movie if you can't find a babysitter like you are ruining others other people's experience just there's no there's no place for a baby in a movie theater you you can't control them the, the, a baby is it, it's an agent of chaos and <laughs> that's episode title I'm, I'm calling it right now baby is agent of chaos but so but there were other kids you know they were talking here and there but it wasn't bad um but like i said miranda's kids they they sat still they were quiet the whole time it was great uh and i got to enjoy the movie you know i mean not that i wouldn't have if they had talked like they're kids it's gonna happen and it's a kids movie so uh everyone was everyone was really excited to see it so I'm, I'm glad i got to see it i'm glad that the the kids the kids had already seen it apparently uh but I, yeah like, like i said i was glad i got to see it i was glad miranda got to see it with me it was it was a good time and we left there and the kids were ready to pass out so easy night <laughs> easy night indeed uh moving on <clears throat> So Monday night, Miranda and I had the night to ourselves, and we went and saw a little uh, Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, or I don't know if there's a the in that, but Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, and once again, I'm not going to get into spoiler territory, so I'm just going to give you like a quick, like what I think of it. Yeah, so... And I'm, I'm guessing, since Tyler already seen it, he saw it before me. Uh, so we're probably going to discuss it next week when he returns. And we are in a new house, new studio, uh, new setting. We have, it, it's, it's going to be better. It's going to be way better. Um, Jurassic World, <laughs> my son, Austin T. Welch, who I had to trick to be on the show, uh, also needs to come back to Indiana to be on the show again in a real a real show not just playing cards against humanity but uh he comments on the live feed jurassic world fallen kingdom was hot garbage i wouldn't say it was garbage i enjoyed it but at the same time i don't know how i feel about it i really don't know how i feel about jurassic world fallen kingdom it had a lot of cool moments uh, and it had a lot of moments that just, I didn't know. And it just, I saw it coming with the first movie, Jurassic World. I saw it coming. They were trying to turn this beloved franchise from Jurassic Park. And like the first three films, while truly like fans can say uh unanimously the first one is perfect it's amazing it's great uh second and third one fans kind of started getting divided 
not as good. Obviously, most sequels aren't as good. It, it happens. The third, obviously, being the worst. And looking back, like, I loved it as a, as a kid. I was in fifth grade when the third movie came out. So, like, as a kid, I was like, fuck yeah, dinosaurs. But looking back, I'm like, ah, it's not as good as I thought. Because, and, and it was it was a trend that I was starting, like, look once I started watching these as an adult, uh, looking back. And so the trend starts Jurassic Park 3. And it moves on to Jurassic World. I, all way like 15 years later. Yeah. There's a good 15 years in between movies. And so Jurassic world, it still had it, it while it held a lot of the same grandeur and, um, it made me feel like a little kid again, watching that movie. Uh, I was, I was geeking out hardcore the entire time and it was, it was so fantastic. I love Jurassic world, but I saw the trend they are turning this franchise into action blockbusters, summer action blockbusters. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh, it's just, it's not meant to be that. I mean, I can see maybe th- action thriller or thriller blockbuster. It, it, those movies aren't meant to have those cheesy fucking like moments. Not that there's anything wrong with cheesy moments, but they just, I don't see them really belonging in Jurassic Park. is a little under the weather do you do you want to elaborate on what under the weather means or do we want to just leave it at under the weather i'm having a colonoscopy tomorrow so i'm gonna be pooping a lot yeah she's going through the colonoscopy prep i don't know if any of you have ever been through it but uh you drink this solution it's, i think it's what magnesium sulfide or something like that anyway it, it just it, it makes all the water go to your colon and you flush everything out of your body like everything so she's going to be shitting all night. Yep. Uh, so, and she already took the prep solution a couple hours mm-hmm. ago. So it's, yep. it's, uh, prime time. Prime time. So, uh, if we suddenly have to take a pause, uh, I'll, we'll just say, you know, BRB, and, you know, move poop on break. with the show when she gets back. So, poop break. Poop break. Okay. Uh, so tonight's episode, uh, we're going to discuss some like, I don't, I don't. I hate to say summer tips because that sounds so lame, but kind of just just stuff to do with the kids for summer. And uh, do you hear? I think the kids are up. Somebody's running around upstairs. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, that's alright. It'll be fine. Yeah, well, we may have to take a pause to go yell at them too. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how this we'll see how this goes. Why should we take a pause? Let's let everybody listen. <laughs> hear hear how we deal with our kids. Um, so before we get into the summer stuff, though, oh Jesus. Uh, such an idiot. <laughs> I guess while it's fresh on our minds, uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was Livy's meltdown. Um, and, and I guess I should say plural, Livy's meltdowns, because this is something that she's uh, she's kind of notorious for at this point. Um, it's usually later at night when she's tired or in the middle of the afternoon when she's ready for a nap or something. Uh, but she just goes into complete hysterics over something small usually. And she is 
completely inconsolable for a solid half hour usually. And we just unfortunately went through a meltdown uh, because uh, I, p- I picked her up from her mom's house today on my way home from work. And she has a stuffed animal that she sleeps with at her mom's. It's her, it's her stuffed monkey. And on her way out the door, her mom reminded her, hey, you're leaving your monkey here. And Livy said, yeah, I want, I want to leave it here. She didn't want to bring it with. So we get home. Everything's fine. She's, she's happy today. She, you know, she was in a good mood. She was playing with Scarlet. Everybody was happy and, you know, everything was fine until bedtime. She laid down in bed and then she said, I want my monkey. And I said, well, you left it at your mom's house. We're not, we're not going to get it right now. Uh, and that's when the meltdown began. So, uh, she literally just sat there screaming, monkey, 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 for about 10 minutes. I'm sure some of you parents have already had to deal with this because this is this is something pretty common for her age group. Uh, fortunately for us, she's the only one that seems to do it out of our three. Well, you know, the difference in personalities between Scarlett and Livy kind of still astounds me sometimes. Like, Livy's definitely the more well-behaved one most of the time. She's polite. She listens. And then Scarlett's kind of the asshole to where she's just, she's kind of an asshole all the time. But then Livy, it's like Livy makes up for that when she has these meltdowns of hers where she is just insane. Yeah. So, uh, after I, I, I tend to lose my cool pretty quick when she goes into meltdown mode. Like, I, I mean, I've got a little bit of a temper already. So like, I don't know, just something about when I'm trying to calm her down and I'm trying to get her to look me in the eye or I'm trying to get her to just stop for a second so I can tell her something or so I can talk to her and she just refuses. I just, I, I lose it sometimes. So, uh, luckily Ashley, she pulled me out pretty early today because <laughs> I, I was going to start yelling and it, that's the thing. The, the thing about these, these tantrums that she throws, these meltdowns, no amount of yelling helps. No, you know, no spanking, no yelling. She pretty much doesn't hear anything you say to yeah, her. Yeah, and, and it's like she just completely shuts everything off. Even like she doesn't even know what she's saying. Sometimes, like she'll just she'll just be on a loop the whole time. You know, just whatever it was that she. What was, was the last about. one on the way home from? I think your mom's house. Oh boy. Um. I don't want to go home or something. Or yeah, I don't. Or something along those lines. Like she didn't want to. She didn't want to buckle up. She, or she, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want. To, I yeah. I don't remember. We, but maybe it was on the way home from the mall. We left the play place in the mall. Oh yeah, yeah. We literally we had to force her into her car seat, which took both of us, two grown adults, to push her down into her car seat and buckle her, because she just she gets like this crazy, like super kid strength when she oh, starts I mean, into and the it's, tantrums. It's hard to do that without accidentally hurting her. So we I, that's the other. Be, that's the other to be scary careful. thing. That's yeah. the other scary thing is when you're trying to hold her down or something, you don't, I, I don't anyway, I don't realize how much force I'm putting into it. And I, but like she, she feels nothing. She feels no pain. She feels, she doesn't hear us. She doesn't see us. She just continues on her loop until, you know, basically she just completely runs out of energy. And that's like, that's the only thing that stops her is when she, runs out of energy and either falls asleep or just just snaps out of it sometimes. Like I think on the way home from the mall. Break. Oh, poop break. <laughs>
So anyway, on the way home from the mall, <laughs> uh, she was freaking out because she didn't want to leave the mall. And uh, I, we finally wrestled her into the car and we strapped her down and we got out of the parking lot and she was screaming all the way home. So the mall to our house is a roughly 35 minute drive, I'd say. Um, and she was screaming and screaming and screaming. What, she, I don't, I don't want to leave or something. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. I don't want to leave or I don't want to go or whatever it was. So but it's like she was, she when she got in her little mood, she didn't even realize that we we had already left. So. Yeah. But then here's the, here's the crazy part, and this is how it normally happens too. So we're going down I sixty five, and I'd say we made it to about maybe like the 231 exit or something, uh, which about, about 15 minutes from the mall, somewhere in there. Um, and out of nowhere, she stops crying. She's dead silent for about a minute. And then all of a sudden she just goes, can we watch a movie? And because we have the DVD player in the van and she... she we must be thinking about different times because I'm remembering a time where she was crying all the way to the door. Of our of the apartment. Oh, see, I'm I'm I must be thinking of a different time because I'm thinking. The, are you sure the mall the mall one? I'm pretty sure ended with her wanting to watch a movie in the van on the drive home. I don't they know. All, they all blend. I was gonna say there's been so many of these. There's, she's she's very but prone to these. It's just so insane though to me because she's so good otherwise. Most and... of the time, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like. For all the good, there has to be just yeah. It's like she holds she, extra she, bad. She holds in all her bad stuff, and then it just <laughs> bad stuff. I don't know what to say. And then she just lets it all out. Whereas, like like I said, Scarlet is just kind of an asshole all the time. Yeah, and she doesn't. She I've never spreads known out her, her asshole nice and even. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that sounded really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she, you guys know what we mean? Um, yeah, I I have never known. Scarlet to have one of those tantrums. Have you? I can't think. Of I, I can't think of any. I don't remember her doing it at all. Mm-mm. But but anyway, so yeah, in in those states, and tonight uh, Ashley tried something that we don't normally try because we both usually lose our patience pretty early. Um, but this really worked. She just sat in the room with her and. Just kept telling her, like, whatever Livy Livy kept bargaining. Like, she wanted to get out of her room or she wanted the door open or whatever. Um, and she kept saying, I'll, I'll stop I'll stop crying as soon as you open the door. And I'll stop crying if if my dad comes in here. Or I'll, I'll go, I'll get in bed if my dad comes in here. And I want my dad and blah, blah, blah. And Ashley just kept telling her, like, I'm in control. You're not in control. Your dad will come in after you lay down. Or, or I'll open the door after you stop crying. And, well, and it, it took a while, but... Well, prior to this, like usually, I I was just gonna let her cry it out, but then she kept opening the door, and it's like the other kids are trying to sleep, and I kept shutting her door. Then she kept opening it because she wants everybody to hear that she's sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I, for a while there, I sat outside the door and just held it closed, and she's freaking out. But then my hands started getting tired, so I just decided to go in the room. I leaned against the door, let her have her breakdown. And I was just standing there, you know, letting her know it's not bothering me. She can do this as long as she wants to. And then she said, kept saying she wants to get out. And I said, you know, I'll open your door as soon as you stop crying. And then, like Chris said, I'll stop crying when you open the door. Nope, nope, that's not how this is working. 
And then it turned into, um, I'll, I'll lay down when my dad comes in here. And I said, nope, that's not how this works. And then eventually she kind of wore herself out. And then she just kind of sat on the floor crying. And then I sat down with her. And then she, oddly enough, cuddled up against me. I figured she'd be really mad at me. And then I... Honestly, sometimes I think that's all she really wants is just to cuddle for a minute. Mm-hmm. That always that always bellows her out. I feel like after she sobs for a while, yeah. I don't think yeah. she that's what she wants in the beginning. But the problem is, and, and I'm... I'm I, you know, we've, we've spent plenty of time talking about like things that her mom does that drives us nuts, but this one is, it, I'm not saying she's blameless, but it's, it's all me over here. I know. And I know like I'm the king of bargaining with my kids just because it's so annoying. I, well, I, I just want, I want them to feel like they can have whatever the hell no, they want. No, not have whatever they want, but I want, if, if they want something, I want them to earn it. You know, I want them to know if, if they want to do something, they can do it, but they have to do something else to get it. You know, so I bargain with them all the time, and it's and even when they keep don't keep up their end of the deal, Chris <sighs> like, well, I promised. I don't. I also like, don't like breaking promises to my kids. Like, I, at that point, I know it's not like a broken promise because they didn't hold up their end, but I still feel guilty. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. I'm pouring this beer and it, it looks pretty much the same hue and color that the, uh, the last one did. I went ahead and rearranged the deck and picked my card, so we're back on Brett's turn. What beer did you pull? This is the uh, the blood orange milkshake, blood the orange, orange velvet from Four Noses Brewing Company. Is this something you got uh, on your vacation recently? This or is no, something this... that was given to me by by Mister Tex. This is also from Colorado. This is Broomfield, Colorado. Let's get a good sip of this. That is very tasty. Wow. A lot smoother than any blood orange IPA I've had before. A lot of the blood blood orange to me is always just super bitter. Super it is, bitter. It, it hits you very hard. And then a lot of the taste is on the back end, which yeah. which leaves immediately. I got I got a creamy fruity flavor instead of that bite to it. For me personally. No, it's one of those beers that really just enters your mouth, hits it, and leaves. It doesn't it doesn't stick around very long. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a card that hasn't been played yet on my turn. I'm going to do an attack. Uh, this is Unleash Some Adorable Penguin Diarrhea. So I get to end my turn without drawing a card, and the next player to my left takes two turns. I am going to take both turns. I'll draw your first turn. Draw your first turn and see if you get one of the exploding kittens. Nope. Looks good for the first. So now he's going to decide. Get a little hasty. I'll, I'll, I'll watch out for that. I'm not going to let you just dive in like that. 
I will say we're we're kind of going into this episode already a little lit from Suzette's birthday. We we've had a great night so far. I'll do two bikini cats, which allows me to draw a card from your hand at random. That it does. Let me set this mic down and shuffle up real quick. So yeah, we we just got back from Suzette's birthday party. Um, I think she's saying she's thirty, but she doesn't look a day over twenty-two. So, uh, bravo to Suzette. She's been an inspiration to the team. I just drew a random card from Brett. It's pretty alright. And then I will draw my random card from the deck. And now we're back on Brett's turn. Say so this is this is the unfortunate thing about only having two players. There's only one kit in here. You always have one kit and less than players. So we've got probably what, like eighty to a hundred cards to go through. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a war of attrition, but it's a, it's a big deck. So at least we get to chat while we play and all of that. This blood orange mm. is really, despite all the bitter beers that we've drank, it's it the the orange really sneaks through. The thing I think about Colorado brews is they're really trying to stand out to everybody else. I can see that because there's a lot going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can see that. Uh, so first step on my turn, I'm going to play two Mama Cats, and I get to steal one at random from Nick, unless if he has a nope card to say about it. I don't know what it is about these last two beers. I don't get super bitterness behind it. And I understand with, with this one, it is a nope. milkshake IPA. He's going to nope me. I'll allow it. Um, but... With it being a milkshake IPA, like I understand, usually they're creamier. They're they're not heavy up front on that bitterness, but too hearted even. Like the first initial that I get with that IPA, and why I love it so much is, it gives me that kind of classic bite that I like. This is this is really smooth. It's fruity. It's creamy, and I like that. But my first initial reaction with IPA, and this is me going from shitty fucking beer to IPAs where the craft I loved, that bite is what got me. It's what pulled me in. Did you see the two-hearted one for the second year in a row? Number the one. Zymer, Zymer G, number one yep. beer of the year. Yep. That's, that's crazy. Don't like, I? I really... I hate being an asshole, but I, I, I can't argue. Like... I, you know, whenever we go out, like if you don't have a good beer, you have too hearted. I'm going for too hard. Yeah. Too hearted is the go to. Like even tonight, you ordered too hearted a couple times. I got the Sweetwater 420 IPA, which I like a lot. It's a little bit lighter, more crispy, um, not as heavy as too hearted. I was looking for something a little lighter. Uh, but, but that's just it. You know, I go into a bar and I look like, all right, what do you have selection wise? They're going to always have two hearted, no matter where you go. You know, whether it's a restaurant, bar, whatever, guaranteed you can almost find two hearted. One, one I can also say, you can always find the um, Lagunitas IPA. Damn. Two favors, so I get a random from your pile. 
All out. He's going to do it. So, I played two cards that were the same. Um, so, I get to pick a random card from his pile. If I look at it, our discard pile is about half of the draw pile. So It's about to come to, like, our hands are going to be stocked as hell. And it's going to come down to each of us really fucking each other over. Back to you, sir. Look at my hand here real quick. I saw the one, so... You saw the one you got. That's okay. Hmm. You know, I think I'm just going to draw. Go for it. Back to you, buddy. I do like how this is, you know, for a blood orange. Most blood oranges, like I said, are a little bit... Uh, not too bitter. I do like the bitterness. I like that this one is the creamy because it's the milkshake. I think really the only milkshake I've had except for See the future. one other company's is 420's milkshakes that they do. The most recent was the strawberry milkshake. And oh, man. That strawberry milkshake was amazing. So good. So Nick did a see the future. Earlier he did an ultra the future. See the future, he gets to look. No, you can't change. You did a see the future. That's what I was going to say. Um, alter the future is look at the top three, put them back any way you want. See the future is look at top three. You have to put them back the way they came. So now he can still play a card from his hand to try and alter that line. That's why we love this game. It's it's deck manipulation. It's quick, especially with more than two players. But it, it's definitely a fun game. I'll just take that first card. And it's back to you. So now he knows what I'm going to draw. I'm going to stare him in the eyes. I'm not going to look at it. I know. Which gives me a little bit of a hint to what I'm going to draw. And because of that, I'm not even going to look at my hand. I'm just going to draw that top card. And it's back to him because I didn't get that exploding kitten. That is okay. Yeah, once once it comes down, so real quick, a little bit about the rules of this game. Once you get the kitten, you get to put it wherever you want, and the other players cannot know. They have to look away. So Nick could put it right back on top if he drew it, and I have to try and manipulate it, but I have no idea. So he just drew it. It's back to my turn. I'm, I'm just going to draw that top card. And pass it back to Nick. I definitely would buy this orange velvet again. If I can find it. This is very good. I like it a lot. It's okay. It, it's, it's not totally blowing me away. I think I like it better than the uh, Troll Amarillo. I, I have a little more distinct flavor that I pick up on. I would agree. It goes it I goes down it goes down just as smooth, just as easy. I could chug one if I needed to or decided I wanted to, I guess. But at least I can pick up on that flavor that I want. It says it's a blood orange IPA. I get that blood orange fa fa or flavor. Sorry. Um, with the Troll Amarillo, yeah, first initial, I knew it was the Amarillo Hops. But nothing super specific, I guess. 
I think I'm just going to end my turn and draw, though. Yeah, still no kitten. There's only one of... I don't know how many fucking cards. Nick just bought a new game tonight, though. I did. Called Power Grid, and we thought about it. We were going to try and play it, but... It seems like a lot. I don't think we'd be able to... I didn't. I didn't. They turned over to where I couldn't see, and I'm looking away. He dropped his cards. I dropped my card. He dropped his cards, fellas. we're both sitting with, like, yeah, big piles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually, like, you don't have a hand over probably 10 cards, and we're both sitting with, like, about 20 in hand. Uh, So you drew your card for turn? I did. We're back to you. Uh, So... This weekend, you've got LaFiCon going on. Yeah. And as by the time people listen to this, it will be... As soon as it airs, it's gonna going to be going on. Yeah. I'm this, excited for it. This is the fourth year we've been doing it. Um, I've kind of been taking just a... Uh, a big, The biggest role. You know, we've, we've all been doing everything. Um, and this year, I finally said, I was like, how about... We all just pick our thing. And my thing was the gaming. So um, I'm hosting the gaming tournaments. Um, and I'm excited. Because that's what it was honestly all about. I remember when it first started, um, Seema hit me up and she said, Hey, no offense, but I know you're a nerd. And a friend of mine wants to do this con. So do you want to help? And I'm like, yeah, of course I want to help. So... I'm excited. We're in our first. We're in our fourth year. Um, we did two years down at the Lafayette Theater in downtown Lafayette. This is our second year in Market Square. Um, this is the first year that I have explicitly taken over the gaming role. So a department, we'll say. Even yeah. So I will be hosting everything: video games, board games, pinball, everything. I'll be. I mean, I saw we're we're doing uh. There's Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers. We're doing another game called, uh, no, not Boss Monster. We're doing Five Minute Dungeon. That would be a, f- that'd be a fun one to try and podcast if we can find a way to yeah. be able to hear all of us. And the Five Minute Dungeon is like just a challenge. So it's like yeah. you bring your team, and the goal is to win. And if you don't win, just get as far as you can. Yeah, yeah. That's the only goal. Yep. The goal is to get as far as you can or to win faster. Yeah. Um, and I said, it's like, you bring a team or you do it by yourself. Um, I think the way that we've got it, I think I said you can do it with four people. I think you can do it with up to five people. Um, I've come very close with four people, and I've won one time, but it was with five people. Um, so. I thought the game that – I've only played one game of it. I thought it was with four people. Did we have five that night? The initial game is four people, but I borrowed from our friend Chris Charles yes, from Bazaar yes. Noir. He has the expansion that allows you to play with five people. So I have played with five and six people. Well, the, on- the only game I've played, we won. I only played one game because you bought it and we kept talking about it, but I wasn't able to come over. And the one time you said, look, let's play it, we got through it and won. I don't I, know. I don't I, Yeah. I don't know. It's... it's 
an Dude, amazing it's, game. It's it's very fast paced. It's it's called Five Minute Dungeon. Yep. You literally have five minutes and there's the first, five there's five the bosses. First, the first dungeon, you have let's I don't know if this is correct. You have twenty cards in the deck, and the card pulls over, and it says you have to fight a minotaur, which costs one sword, one shield, and one something else. And you have to play cards to defeat the card. So you, have, you get you have, so you... many cards, and you're constantly drawing cards. You can only have so many cards in your hand. Um, you have your person is a character with special abilities that, you know, you've got those four symbols that you're going to draw more of. So it, if, if I'm a warrior, I'm gonna draw fighting cards. Right. If Brett right. is a wizard. He's gonna draw magic cards. So you have to you have to be very fast, but yet still work together. It's one of those ones where I hope your kids aren't sleeping because you're gonna be fucking yelling and screaming. We were like, I'm gonna do this. No, 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 I'm gonna do this. No, and like it, it literally comes down to just speed, and it does take random fucking teamwork almost. Like I know that's an oxymoron, but you know you just gotta kind of work together to that is a fun thing that as I play more games recently in the past year or so, um, when you think of board games, you think of competing. And the more games I play, I realize that there are games that are cooperative. Yes. So this five-minute dungeon is a cooperative game. Solely cooperative. If, if you lose... Everyone, Everyone loses. Yeah. It's either everybody wins or everybody loses. Yep. 